This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host Mike Martinez to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. This episode was actually recorded back in January, right after the new year. We had on Stephanie Dixon from Kansas City, Kansas Public Schools to talk all about administrative support in the world of PE. So here's a slightly younger Mike and Mike and Stephanie Dixon here on the Open Forum Podcast. Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year to you, buddy. How are things? Good. Trying to think of my resolution for the year. Ooh. Yeah. I probably should have thought of that before New Year's, though. I mean, there's always time for a fresh start, though, right? I think so. I'm not one of those guys where it's like, oh, I need to go to the gym because I go to the gym. (laughs) So it's kind of, I don't know, hard. I think a a good goal for this time of year, I always get so relaxed and rejuvenated and recharged seeing friends and family and taking a break from work for a little bit. I, I want to continue that work-life balance and, and remember to take time for myself. I know it's so hard to do once we get back in the swing of things, but always great to see, you know, loved ones and kind of turn the, the brain off for a week and a half or so. That's the best part. And then get right back into the swing of things and, and pick back up from here. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Speaking of things that I'm excited for, we have a, an awesome episode planned for you folks today. We want to talk a little bit about the role that administration plays in the world of PE and how to garner administrative support from whether it's a principal or a athletic director or anyone in your district or in your school network who is responsible for getting you things that you need, whether it's advocating for space or more time in your schedule or equipment, whatever the case may be. There are tons of teachers out there who either don't know how to go about navigating those waters or even why they should go about it instead of just complaining, you know, I don't have X or I don't have Y or I don't have Z. We want to talk a little bit about that. And we happen to have a an, an expert in the field of administration and PE and also the coolest person to come from Kansas yeah. since Dorothy and Toto. <laughs> we are joined by Stephanie Dixon. Stephanie is the PE instructional coach from for K-12 for Kansas City, Kansas Public Schools. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, you guys. Um, Happy New Year to you guys, too. Um, And I am, this is my 20th year in education, and this is my fourth year as an instructional coach for um, Kansas City, Kansas Public Schools. And it's kind of funny because I have like a couple different um, names that I've been called depending on where we get the money from. So I've been (laughs) instructional coach, I've been district PE leader, and um, teacher leader. So I think for two years, I've had the same instructional coaches is my um, name. So um, I'm in charge of K through 12 PE. I have 30 elementary schools, eight middle schools and five high schools. And I'm trying to get into early childhood a little bit because I think that's really where we get the most bang for our buck, um, mm-hmm. of, you know, informing parents and just setting our kids on the right um, path for being physically literate individuals. And um, we have a lot of preschools in our district and some are really small. Some have like 10 to 12 classes in them. So I'm trying to get my foot in the door for early childhood. And um, I have a second grader that goes to one of my schools in my district. And I'm married to a teacher also. Everybody in my family is either a minister or a teacher. My sister's in administration. So I have... 
you know, when we get together for family meals, that's what we talk about. We talk about the state of education. And so sometimes we all are on the same page and sometimes we're not. So it's a good, healthy, healthy conversation. So um, I'm just here to, my job is mostly to support and enhance the physical education program as much as I can in our district. What a great way to like get a foothold in the lives of the students in your district by trying to get those values in in that early childhood phase for sure like how amazing would that yeah. be and with a with a second grader in the district with a with a husband in the industry it sounds like there really is no place like home <laughs> no. See what I did there? Uh, yeah. See what I did there? yeah full stop total transparency <laughs> i would have been disappointed if there weren't any Wizard of Oz references in this episode. We've already had two. I've been waiting for six weeks for that. <laughs> six <laughs> weeks for that joke. Oh, um, yeah. So, with Never. that being said, I, I, I do want to jump into the probably the, the meatiest question right off the bat: Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. Which one's better and why? Well, of course, I'm going to say Kansas City, Kansas. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is, we do some things with Kansas. I've made it a point to do some things with Kansas City, Kansas. I mean, and Kansas City, Missouri. So, really? yeah, they um, have in the past, they haven't had a strong leadership program for physical education. And okay. so um, I've kind of gotten on a couple boards and things like that through a couple hospitals and some health programs. And I've tried to get some relationships going with KCMO schools because we're only separated by a river and they might as well come over and do some professional development with us. And sure. you know, we do share them with the Kansas city Royals. So we have to kind of, you know, give them credit where credits due. So um, sure. I'm just trying to, you know, help other programs because I'm not that kind of person that I want to just keep it within myself because a good leader and a just a responsible person wants to share what they're doing with everybody. And why not, you know, I, sh they shouldn't have to recreate the wheel for something that we've already done. So sure. um, I really want to try and, you know, just learn from them and learn from us and see where we're going. But yeah. Hashtag teachers helping teachers. I was just exactly. thinking the same thing. 100%. <laughs> so, so yeah. Stephanie, you mentioned that you oversee the PE programs for, roughly about about 40-ish, a little over 40 schools. What role, like, what does that look like in your day-to-day? -day? Are you going to <laughs> schools to observe? Are you, what, what does that look like for you? Uh, some days it's really crazy, and other days it's really, really, really easy. Um, so, um, yeah, we do have 20, over 23,000 kids in our school district, and... Wow. Um, Yes. And that's not, I don't think that's even including our early childhood programs. So um, we're hitting almost the 24,000 mark. And so um, Mondays and Fridays, I have meetings just about all day long at our central office. And so um, on a variety of different topics, Marzano, um, Diploma Plus, we do this um, new Diploma Plus curriculum. Um, oh, geez. Um, Diploma Plus. Um, for our district so we make sure that every kid graduates on time with a diploma or having some kind of skill related diploma because um, mm -hmm. we know not all kids are going to go to college so we want right. to kind of create them on the right path 
And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I try and get out to as many schools as I can. Um, we have these things called clusters. So we have like a Harmon cluster, which is a high school. And then we have two middle schools that feed into that and about eight to 10 um, elementary schools that feed into that high school. So I try and, you know, do some, I put a lot of mileage on my car. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. So, and then Wednesdays, normally we have Wednesday professional development every afternoon. So Wednesday is kind of my day in the morning to do as much paperwork, reading um, as I can to keep kind of up to date. And I try and get sure. as many emails answered as I can. This is truly not a eight to four or a seven to five job. Um, I do a lot of stuff at nighttime too. So it kind of throws people when I send them an email like at 1030 at night. So, but, I mean, that's sometimes the time when, you know, being a parent, um, that's sometimes the time that you can get a lot of stuff done. Sure. Now, I know everyone's district is different all across the country. As the PE instructional coach, are you also supported or working in conjunction with an athletic director for a district or is that by school or are you just the the top dog who runs who runs the whole PE show? Um, in our district, there used to be um, a lady who did art, music, PE, strings, band, theater, and she retired four years ago and I was lucky enough to get this job. So I mm -hmm. purely just do physical education. And um, somehow it's gotten to be um, sex education has been thrown into that. Um, I wasn't quite aware that that was going to be part of my job. But um, science curriculum really didn't want to take on sex education anymore. And sure. I saw the need. I saw the data in our um, county and in our state and in our nation, really, and thought, you know, this is something that we can do with physical education. And so I tag teamed with Wyandotte County Health Department, and we have a great collaboration with them where they support us in our sex education abstinence plus program. And um, I work really well with the nutritional services. Um, he's amazing. And um, so we do a lot of things with gardening and um, just nutrition inside our classrooms. And we kind of do that a lot in our physical education classes, mostly at the elementary school. So I don't think I would call myself the top dog, but if there is a physical education issue, um, I'm the one to call. So it's kind of a new kind of the job description. I am totally off base on my job description. Um, <laughs> added so much that at the very bottom, it says other duties assigned to you. I make stuff stuff just happens where I feel like it's something that I need to do and I can make it fit under the physical education umbrella. And I just go for it. And I have a great boss. Um, he's our director of curriculum. He's amazing. Who kind of lets me go on squirrel runs all the time. <laughs> as long as I bring him back to what is really our mission in our school district. Um, sure. So yeah. I get a lot of latitude because this is kind of a new job and I'm kind of trailblazing my own way. And I think that's probably why I got the job because when I was a teacher in our district, I just went for it. 100% went for it in anything that I did or tried. I just got my principal's approval and sometimes I didn't 
and uh, <laughs> just for it and then begged forgiveness after afterwards so sure so yeah so two things two things that popped to mind in listening to that and you folks both of you can thank me later I am resisting the top dog slash Toto reference that I want to use. So I'm going to shove that one for right now. Although although by mentioning it, you really made it. So Exactly. Um, But one thing you did mention in all seriousness, you mentioned Marzano. And I'm sure that comes up a lot in meetings. One thing and one reason I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on today. I know, again, every district is different. Every school is different. Some teachers are observed by their principal, some by their athletic director, their PE instructional coach. When, so when a, especially a, a new teacher, a first year, second year teacher is being observed, a lot of times I hear them say that, oh, my principal came to observe me, but he or she doesn't know, you know what I really do in PE. They don't, they don't know, you know, all they want to hear about is Bloom's taxonomy and Marzano. How does that play in? As a, as a PE instructional coach, what advice would you give to that teacher to help navigate that observation experience? Well, what I did was um, historically in our school district, teacher observation um, for a physical education program was, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to watch, see physical activity. Everybody looks like they're having fun. Nobody's getting hurt. Woohoo! You know, mm-hmm. everybody gets, you know, exemplary. And that was it. There was no content. There was no standards addressed, no outcomes. It was actually just, it was kind of ridiculous. And so um, I took this job. And sometimes when you shine a light on some things, people are really uncomfortable because now it means that they might have to um, step up their practice. And Mm -hmm. um, so I gave all the principals a scaled down version of the physical education um, teacher evaluation tool on the Shape America website. And I kind of made it my own to where it's not like 20 pages. And so I kind of highlighted some things for um, principals as they go in to do either a walkthrough or a formal evaluation, what they should see when they go into a classroom, a PE classroom. And so they have some understanding of what they should be looking for. And also I've given it to the teachers just as a heads up that, Hey, this is what should be going on in your classroom, because these are the highlight things that, you know, your principal is going to look for. So, you know, a lot of them is a student assessment. You know, we want to see student progress. Um, We want to see that they're doing um, instructional strategies. Um, You know, just, just a lot of management organization. The safety aspect is still relevant in a physical education class. The learning climate, are they professional with their kids and others? And, you know, so I think having that, you know, handout for these principals gave them a whole different scope and focus of where to go um, when they do go for into sure. the classroom. And as a first and second year teacher, that's huge because you're coming from a university and now you're having to mold, you know, or you know, be indoctrinated into a school district where you've only been here for, you know, just a couple of weeks, or this is, you know, a year or whatever. And now you're thrown into the fire with being evaluated. And, you know, every principal could be different, but I'm trying to level the playing field to where every principal knows what's, what to look for. And every teacher also knows what, what they are being evaluated on. And the fact that the teachers get that beforehand is a great way to aid them to plan those lessons accordingly to all of those 
high the, those points and those benchmarks of high quality instruction right up front. Well, I hate it when people, I think there was a, I think on open or something, I can't remember. There was just a lot of emails or something. I can't remember what it was, but there was something that was talking about how the dog and pony show, you know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have a dog and pony show when your administration comes in. Right. Cause they're going to, that, that should be your s- instruction all the time. Every day yep. you should have a dog and pony show. It should be a, an extravaganza of teaching. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's in my role. That's, I think what bothers me the most when I go into classes and, um, there's not a lot of rigor. There's not a lot of, um, just excitement for our profession and what we do because these kiddos are really wanting to have a great PE experience. Now there's going to be a couple that are just, you know, they hate PE. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do, but you can still keep trying. But I just hate it when people are like, Oh, I'm doing this and I'm trying it out in four or five different classes just so I can make sure it's great when my administration comes in. And I'm like, that's not what you want to do. That's not what I want to hear you doing. Um, but yeah, that that gets me right, just right in the kisser. I mean, that just gets me when people are just really wanting to make a an ex, you know a big deal out of an administration. That's why when I was teaching, I wanted my administrator to come in every day to see what I was doing, because when he did come in to see what I was doing, he knew that that's what he sees every day is what he is going to see when he comes in to evaluate me. And I think right. that's just really important because that shows that you, your teaching is not going to change depending on your audience. Your, your right. teaching should be spectacular any day of the week. But I think another thing that I did was um, I gave the national standards and grade level outcomes book um, to every single one of my teachers. So that's they, great. they had that. Um, because when I took over this job, we went away from the Kansas state standards because they're a little bit outdated and we adopted the national standards, um, for our, for our district. And that grade level book really, you know, puts it, you know, aligns to what our pacing guide is. It really just gets to the meat of what we're trying to do as a physical education teacher. So that's super important. I call it the Bible. And my first year teachers, my first year teachers are like, do I need to bring the Bible to our meeting? And I'm like, yeah, you do. So they just have it right in their backpack. I've had to bind mine and I, I had them bound for the first year teachers because I told them that the, they're going to be looking through this so much um, that mm-hmm. this is their main resource that they need to go to. And, um, you know, we have a lot of mentor programs in our district for first year teachers that they have to go through through the state of Kansas and also you know, for them to get their professional licensure. And part of that is just meeting with them as much as possible. And I have six brand new teachers this year and like four of them are at the high school level and they're right out of college. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. just babies right out of college. Fresh green. And it can go, (laughs) I mean, it can go either way. They can have a great experience and want to keep doing it for 50 years, or they can be gone in three because of what supports that they're getting. You are, are spot on on so many things that you just said, Steph. And one thing I want to reiterate for the importance effect is uh, the idea of the the dog and pony show. We I was just in a Twitter chat recently where people were kicking around observations 
And I was surprised to hear how many people were upset when their observations were unannounced because they didn't have time to bring in the fog machine and the strobe lights and the, <laughs> the pyrotechnic. And I, I think, you know, by, by and large, the, the consensus was, no, like, you're welcome into my room every single day, every single period, because you're going to see the same lesson. I'm, I'm striving for that Super Bowl halftime show every single class. First of all, because from a selfish management standpoint, your kids are going to know if mm-hmm. you are doing something totally different because the principal's here or because my instructional coach is here. They're going to know, and it's not going to run as smoothly as it should. However, if that is your normal every day, it's going to look even better because the kids are used to it. You're comfortable doing it. You're not trying to pull out all the teaching tricks for one day that you haven't been doing for months and months. So to the six new teachers in Kansas City, Kansas public schools who are just starting out, to all the teacher, all the teachers around the world, please, please, please don't be afraid of that observation process. Take it as an, a, an opportunity to highlight what you're doing in your classroom. Tell your principal, hey, bring, bring sneakers with you. You know, g- yeah. get, get involved, get dirty. Let, let's go. The only way you grow as a professional is for that self-assessment, peer assessment, you know, I, I'm growing. I, you know, like I said, this was my 20th year teaching. I still have things I need to learn, you know, mm-hmm. about. And I, I know that everything that I do isn't exactly exemplary all the time. And so I think that assessment piece, we need it as an individuals to grow in our profession. And we should not hide from it. We should be very transparent and open about what we're doing in our classroom. Because, I mean, it is interesting when I have gone into several classes I, I sit through a couple classes and when I walk in, sometimes the timing isn't right. So I go, you know, in a half, like halfway done with the class and mm-hmm. then I see the next class and it's totally different, but it's right. the same grade. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. And the kids are like, why are we, this is something new. Why are we doing this? And I thought probably because I'm in here and that shouldn't be, <sighs> that shouldn't be the case at all. Cause I want to see good teaching. And sometimes I want to see bad teaching. We all have days where we're not exactly the best. So Sure, but seeing how a teacher responds to that and how they fake it till you make it on your your off day. Exactly. Um, I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, Steph, too. Um, You mentioned taking the Shape America teacher evaluation document and kind of paring it down to fit you. Uh, We we can chat offline, but I would love for you to share that document with us if, if, if you could and if you didn't mind. I did yeah. a similar thing with the Shape America grade level outcomes because I feel like especially for a for a new teacher who's trying to you know find his or her way in the world. A 46-page document is, is yeah. daunting. Yeah. You don't know where to start or how to read it properly. So by going through and, and paring it down to what makes sense for your teachers and your district, now what is a valuable resource becomes a digestible valuable resource. So again, if it's okay with you, I would love to share that with our listeners and with anyone who is looking, even if your district isn't using that as your guide, mm-hmm. you should be using it as this is what the nation accepts as a great tool for for evaluating myself as a teacher and kind of hold yourself to that standard and, and to that right. bar. And I think, yeah, I mean, I would love to share it. It's, yeah, because I took it and I'm looking at it right now and I can't even remember how many pages it is. But, you know, I just was like, there is no way if I give this to a principal that they are going to say, oh yeah, I'd love to do 20 things under instruction. And I'd love right. to do you know, 19 things under evidence of student learning. They're not gonna have time. And if I give right. them that, they're not gonna wanna do that. So yeah, I'd love to do that. I can do that, no problem. That's awesome. Uh, just to shift our focus just a little bit, 
from observations to advocacy. You mentioned earlier when you were a teacher, having the leeway to go on these quote unquote squirrel runs and see where the wind takes you and, but always pushing your program and your, your practice forward, usually with administrative support, sometimes asking afterwards, which is again, that that's the role that we play in the life that we live. What are some of the, the, the things, the topics, the, the avenues that you went down, like what were some of the things that you were lobbying for or pushing for that some of our newer teachers might not even know about? Well, I did, when I first started teaching, I did the school health index and from the Centers for Disease Control website. And so I went to the module under physical education and physical activity programs. And I kind of wanted to see where what my school looked like under that guise, under that umbrella of you know, where I could take physical education or how many minutes, you know, or lack of, and how I can go to administration and say, you know, according to the Centers for Disease Control and my school health index, it says that we should be getting, you know, 150 minutes of physical education a week. And, you know, how can we incorporate more physical activity brain breaks into the class, you know, and just all that stuff. So I think having that kind of documentation and data on your own school to go in and talk to the principal of these are areas of weaknesses or areas of improvement. Cause I don't think anything's a weakness. I think there's always areas and room for improvement in any program and going sure. in there and kind of creating a plan, go in there with, you know, the, some of the ideas that you want to take and um, then talk it over with your principal, you know, have, have it, make sure you align it with the standards and objectives for what you want to do. Um, and then, you know, kind of go with it. And then at the end of the year, review and assess that with your principal to say, these programs worked, these programs didn't work. And um, I just think having something then just besides, ooh, this sounds like a really cool idea. I'd really love to do it. You know, mm -hmm. making sure that it really aligns to what you really need, your needs of your school. Um, because it might totally not be off base if when, once you start the process. Um, I think a lot of the things that um, principals can use or um, you can be a really good advocate for yourself is use professional development. Anytime you go to a professional development opportunity, make sure you come back to your school and share it um, right. and make sure that it's, you know, that's the classroom teachers can use it. And so then there's a lot more buy in when you share your experiences with others and not only, you know, sharing it with your school, but sharing it with other PE teachers, because not everybody has the same opportunities that you might have because you have a very um, progressive thinking principal. And I did um, when I was teaching, I kind of made him that way and mm -hmm. thought, you know, you and I are going to be best friends, but you got to see it my way. And so there was some give and take and give and take. And he finally saw it my way. And so I had some professional development opportunities that not other PE teachers had. So I would kind of go do my professional development, come back, share it with my teachers, share it with, um, you know, the other PE teachers in my school district. Um, so just really taking those professional development opportunities and using them in the best way. Um, and, you know, you got to take pictures, get on social media. You know, if you want to advocate for, sure. for yourself, the more you get out there that shows your school or what you're trying to do in a positive light, people are going to be on board and people are going to say, Hey, can you come and help me with that? Or how'd you get that going? Or 
whatever, and really pump up your program. I think people sometimes like to hide underneath a rock some of the things that they're doing because they don't like to take, you know, just acknowledgement that they're doing a great job. Sometimes people, sure. I don't know why, but sometimes people <laughs> do that. And it's not that it's me, me, me. It's us. We're doing it together. We're doing it as a school. And the more you incorporate your school vision into social media and, you know, posting pics and trying to do lots of things, parents are going to see that the community is going to see that. And they're going to see that what you're doing for your community and your kiddos is, is amazing. And that alone is going to get things changing your way because I can't think of a single parent or district, you know, a superintendent or anything that wants obese, unhealthy kids in their school district. I can't think of a, a single person that wants that. They want sure. you know, people to be physically literate. And I think that once you get to that place in their heart where it really starts feeling for them, then you can do just about anything. Yeah, it flat out legitimizes your program. And 100%. Yeah, gives direct result to all the hard work that you put in for the well-being of your students. And to tie in a couple of things that Stephanie just brought up, uh, a few weeks back, I remember seeing pictures and videos on social media of Stephanie at her state conference, the, the mm -hmm. Kaford conference, absolutely rocking it. And I, I can't speak highly enough about not just your state or national or wh whatever kind of conference or PD you can get to. It's a great opportunity. I feel like a lot of times you don't know what your program is missing until you rub elbows with somebody else from a neighboring district or the other side of the state who sheds light on something and say, wow, I, I never thought that was possible. How did you do that? And, and then again, you bring that back to your administrators and can kind of highlight, hey, I, I went to this conference. Thank you so much for sending me. I saw X, Y, and Z. We can implement this immediately by doing A, B, and C. And it shows that you weren't just on a three-day vacation you know, at the building with a sub substitute teacher. You were improving your school, your district, and the you know, 24,000 students we're going to benefit from that. So awesome, awesome, awesome point on that, Stephanie. And thank you notes are always awesome too. I mean, I'm a big person on thank you notes. And so anytime anybody sent me anywhere, I was, I was always very thankful, you know, for, sure. for those opportunities because it costs money to send people oh, yeah. to these things. And, you know, um, you have to be creative in the ways that you ask um, because even though every student succeeds act really, you know, puts physical education on the same as math and science and reading, where do you think that money is going to go to for professional development? It's going to go to the, a lot of the core subjects. And so you mm -hmm. really have to really advocate for yourself and say, this is going to make school wide, um, differences. If I go to this conference, it's going to make changes and how it's going to make changes. And here's the data that's going to support it. And, you know, always follow it up with a thank you card because people like to know that, you know, that they did something to help you. So, And again, if you're in a large district like Stephanie's, the odds of every single PE teacher going to that conference are slim to none. Yeah. So if right. you're the one who is the trailblazer, who's at the forefront who's constantly coming back with innovative ideas, you're more likely to get the the green light or the thumbs up because your administrator knows this person's gonna bring back some some nuggets of gold that, that's going to further improve this program. Who, what, what principal or superintendent doesn't wanna see their district on Twitter or on Facebook or on some kind of social media just absolutely 
crushing it and and you know changing the game so if you are that person if you can advocate for yourself and always have the why behind it why should i go to this con why, why do i need to go to this conference i think you're more likely to get the approval and and trust me there's 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 ways that there's money that are that, that is available if you have the 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 persuasive argument i guess well to, you have to, to take the there. initiative to like stephanie said advocate for not only you and your professional practice but the well-being of your kids sure right and as someone who's in their 21st year i think you said of That's education, my 20th year yeah 20th year 20th year if stephanie is still always growing yeah. always learning always looking to improve there's room for all of us whether it's our 20th year or 20th day so I love your your message. Never stop growing. Never stop learning. It's what makes our jobs fun. It's what keeps things fresh and interesting. And it's it's going to benefit you, but it's it's going to benefit the kids in the long run. And that's what it's all about. One hundred percent. So last question from from my end, Stephanie. If you if I was a first year teacher, just got dropped into the Kansas City public schools, and I'm meeting you for the first time, what advice would you give me in terms of? generating a relationship with my administration, advocating with my administrators, what would be your, your, you know, your elevator pitch, if you will? Um, I tell them from the first day that they need to meet with their principal and really kind of just have a game plan of where they want physical education to go in, in the school. And, um, and that helps them create kind of a focus for them of, what they want to happen. And I say, have a five-year plan because first year, I wish I could redo my first year teaching. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I hope oh, I could tell my younger self, but you know, I, I think just planning things out because a lot of the things that we want to do as a first year teacher, it it's going to take time. You got to build that relationship with the people that you work with, um, especially your administration and you have to build relationships with your kids, um, especially even at the elementary level, because I saw those kids from they when they were kindergarten all the way to fifth grade. And so I was an integral part of, you know, their lives. I had them for six years, you know, so that was really cool. And so I, I could implement a five year program. So I think just having that relationship piece with the principal, kind of letting you know, them know what you're kind of about as a first year teacher. Cause a lot of these people um, that got hired, I do the hiring for elementary and then the principals do the hiring for the secondary. So sometimes, you know, the principal might have some difference of opinions of where it might've should have gone at the elementary level, but, you know, just meeting them and kind of talking to them about what you are, who you are, what you're about, why you chose KCK and just for them to really get to know you, that relationship that, you know, I think is, is huge as a first year teacher and just to get to know everybody, you know, the best advice I had was your school secretary, your custodian and your lunch lady. Those are the three gods <laughs> of, the, of the school and yep, you better never absolutely. meet them. Bad. They make that school run. They do. And if how well you can run your program, especially at the elementary school, but also, you know, because you're my custodian and I had to work together a lot when I was teaching elementary. But when I taught high school, you still had to have those great relationships with people. And I always try and tell those first year teachers to find someone in the building because I'm not going to be that person that's going to be 
you know, there all the time. I am like a 911 phone call away for them. And I try and answer as much email, but they have to find somebody in that building that's going to be able to tell them how to set up their grade card. Or if there's a problem in their classroom, just that go-to person, they have to find that person because that, that relationship is going to make or break how well your year is going to go. So much brilliance, so much wisdom. Whatever. I, again, I, I feel like I say it every single episode. <laughs> I feel like I say it every episode. The best part for me anyway, doing this show, is getting to learn from people like Stephanie. And I, I feel like my craft is already that much better just from having spent a half an hour talking with you, Stephanie. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for popping on with us and for sharing some wisdom. I know everyone who's listening is going to benefit greatly from this episode. Thanks, you guys. You're so much fun. And I was so glad to have <laughs> to meet you guys in North Carolina this summer and it's just I really appreciate what Open and US Games is doing through these podcasts I think it's I think it's just brilliant so thanks a lot and thanks for thinking of me it's really cool to kind of get the state of Kansas on the map a little bit so you know Dorothy Toto and you know <laughs> did have a president you know from the United States that came from Abilene Kansas so you know it's look kind of important stuff so you know <laughs> don't overlook us so well, thank you for your kind yeah, thank words. Thank you for coming on. And thanks. best of luck as you continue to work to put Kansas City Public Schools PE to turn that into the Emerald City of PE, if you will. That was my last one, I promise. Last one. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> Great talking with you, Steph. Thanks. For everyone who's listening, if you would like to reach out to ask any questions about what Stephanie mentioned today or want access to that, that evaluation document she was talking about, or if you just want to chat have questions comments concerns maybe you want to be a guest on the show feel free to email us at openforumpod at gmail.com or you can always tweet the show directly at open if you have a question or a comment for mike and i specifically you can reach me on twitter at physedfreak and i'm at coach miller pe so please 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 keep reaching out to us we love reading your your comments your feedback and kind of tailor the show towards what you want to hear because it's truly all about you and we want to keep this show a truly open forum so keep listening, keep chiming in, and until next time, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.